Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And what I want to do for the next several episodes of this podcast is to talk about one of the most wonderful letters, the letter to the Hebrews, and a particular phrase that we find in there numerous times, and that is the phrase, let us. The book of Hebrews is a wonderful book, having a theme that can be summed up in one word, and that one word is better. The Hebrew writer was exhorting a group of Jewish Christians not to go back into the practice and trappings of Judaism. However, the message is applicable to anyone who would consider leaving the truth of Christianity and going back into whatever they had come out of. Why would anyone want to turn back? In the Hebrew letter, we are shown the superiority of Christ to the Old Testament prophets, to angels, to Moses, to Joshua, to Abraham, to Levi and Aaron, and to all of the priests who served under the law of Moses. The letter is a call to those Jewish Christians and to all Christians of all time to hold on to their faith, to not turn back, for anything and everything is inferior to serving the Lord as a faithful Christian. In the letter, there is a phrase that appears at least 12 times. The phrase is, let us. Over the next several days, I would like to look at the passages where this phrase is used. What we will see when we examine these passages is the Hebrew writer making his primary point and then following it with a warning and an exhortation. An exhortation is simply a statement or address of urgent advice or recommendation. So that is what we will be seeing, pieces of urgent advice or recommendations for conduct. One of the minor themes of Hebrews is rest, and chapter 3 includes that subject. The promised land of Canaan is presented as a figure of the rest that God will ultimately provide for his faithful followers. The idea is that the Israelites would be entering into a rest when they entered into the promised land. However, Hebrews chapter 3 ends with the words, For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he not that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Bible students know what happened. Because of their unbelief, none of the adults who came out of the Egyptian bondage, passing through the Red Sea, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, made it to the promised land. All of the rest perished in the wilderness. That brings us to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1, which tells us, Let us, therefore, 
fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Let us fear. Why should Christians fear? And in what sense is the Hebrew writer using the word? Simply because the great and glorious rewards that are laid up for us in heaven, the ultimate rest that God has prepared for his faithful followers, can be forfeited as long as we live in this flesh. We have a powerful and an aggressive enemy in Satan who will do all that he can within the realm of his influence to keep us from entering into eternal rest. Just consider what's awaiting us, a glorious rest that the seventh day, the promised land, and even the church merely prefigured. The exhortation is to greater diligence in life because eternal rest awaits us. The urgency of this advice cannot be overemphasized. The most important thing of all is going to heaven, and we're not there yet. Faithful Christians are on the way, but we're not there yet. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, the following. He wrote, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Again, we're not there yet, and the possibility of falling off of the path should cause us to fear because quite frankly, nothing is more frightening, but in a good way, in the sense of it causing us to strive with all that is in us to be pleasing to God. That takes us to the next rest, let us, of Hebrews. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. That's Hebrews 4 and verse 11. The word labor can also be translated as strive. It is a word describing intense concentration of the energy necessary to reach a desired goal. It demands everything we have, but always with the recognition and appreciation of the fact that we can't do it alone and that we are not earning our salvation. We could never enter into that rest without the marvelous grace of God having made it available. And the greatest manifestation of that grace was the death of the Son of God. If we go to heaven, it will be because of the blood of Christ. However, it is not going to happen automatically simply because we call ourselves Christians, no more than those who were Hebrews automatically entered into the promised land. No, we must want to go to heaven so intensely that we are willing to strive for it, willing to do all that God tells us is necessary to reach that desired goal. That takes us to the next let us of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 4 and verse 14 tells us, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The point the Hebrew writer was making is that being a Christian is no place for a coward. The profession or confession of the faith we possess is a treasure beyond prize. In Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46, Jesus said the following, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in the field, the which when a man has found, he hides it, and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The faith that we embrace cannot be taken lightly, easily dismissed or abandoned. It cannot be compromised or changed. The Hebrew brethren, and we right along with them, were being urged to hold fast to the faith. Grab on to the truth and hang on. Don't let anybody or anything pull you away. Don't let anyone disrupt or corrupt your walk with false teaching. Not family, not friends, not anyone. Throughout this book, the weight of responsibility for faithfulness sits right upon the shoulders of the believer. We are constantly and repeatedly exhorted and admonished to hold it fast, to glory in it, and to exhort others to do the same. Don't let anything or anybody rob us of our faith. As a matter of fact, advertise it. Hold it fast and hold it forth. And now let's look at Hebrews 4.16 for the next let us. The verse says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In order to really get to the point of this exhortation, it is important to remember to whom this letter was originally being written. It was being written to Hebrew Christians. Verses 14 and 15 help us to understand. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. What a glorious thought that is. Boldly come unto the throne of grace. That is God's throne where Jesus is seated. It is the throne of grace, the source of mercy and love for us. Now considering that it was written to people whose Minds were full of the imagery of the Levitical system and the idea of the high priest on the Day of Atonement, the only one permitted to enter into the most holy place. Well, this exhortation suggests the grandeur of the position occupied by a Christian. It is a position that no one but a Christian occupies. No practitioner of Judaism holds the same position. Let us, therefore, Christians, that is, Trusting in the divine power and the human sympathy of our Lord, let us draw near as priests ourselves in fellowship with our high priest, not having to remain standing afar off as the Jews did. Let us draw near to the throne of grace. No symbolic mercy seat this, no, but the very center of divine sovereignty and love. Thanks be to God.